Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to season two of the Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. I've always had a huge heart for moms and their lifelong job of raising children, their struggles, joys, and experiences that are so often 100% different from my own. Each week we get to hear the story of an ordinary mom serving her family, community, and the Lord in amazing ways. Seeing the gifts and talents of others and watching how God has worked in their life inspires me daily. We are all in this motherhood game together, and I believe we can benefit immensely from listening and encouraging each other through what God has done in our own lives. What a privilege it is to share these amazing women with you. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Today, we're going to be doing things just a little bit different. We're not actually talking to a mom, but we're going to be sharing some information for moms and their plight and helping their kiddos um, get married and what all's entailed in that. And so we recently had a wedding in our family. Our middle kiddo got married. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But today I'm talking to our wedding coordinator, who is a dear family friend um, named Logan Zaboski, who is a certified wedding planner. So, hey, Logan, thanks for being on. Hey, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to share all the insight on wedding planning and all the things. Yeah, I'm excited because you know way more about this than I do. So um, so definitely this isn't my normal interview, but I'm telling you guys, if you're a mother of a bride, mother of the groom, or somebody that's just close with the family that's helping with the process, um, having somebody that you trust in your corner, and for me, that was... Um, also having somebody that understood where we were coming from, from a believer standpoint and going to have a very gospel centered ceremony. I think it's super helpful and very beneficial to have somebody kind of walk in that road with you. So Logan was such a big, um, a big help to us in that area. So Logan, before we kind of get into some of the details and the questions, um, Tell me a little bit, I know, obviously, because like I've known you forever and your mom's my best friend, um, yes. but share a little bit about you and your background and how you came to work in the wedding industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I actually interned. Um, it was in between my junior and senior year at Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, go Bison. Uh, the actual, <laughs> the real OBU. Sorry, Amanda. Amanda would disagree, <laughs> but I get it. Yes. Um, so it was in between my junior and senior year at OBU that I interned um, with a wedding planning rentals company uh, and just got to be a little bit more hands-on with the event industry. Fell in love with it. Uh, turned into a job for me through my senior year and following. I absolutely love connecting with all sorts of different people through that. Um, as far as like vendors go, as far as couples that I've worked with or have assisted on their weddings with other planners. Um, but it absolutely has been a tremendous like blessing in disguise. Um, just having a job out of college is, I know, a struggle for a lot of people. Um, but wedding planning definitely has been so fun. So you got married last fall. So what, you're about to come up on five months? Yes. Which March is, 11th will be five months. Which is crazy. So tell I us know. a little bit about your own wedding experience. Did you plan the, you plan the whole thing yourself, right? Oh, yes. I from, <laughs> from start to finish, I planned that whole thing. 
it was pretty much planned before we even got engaged. Oops. <laughs> but, you know, when you know, you know. So yeah. things just started rolling really quick. And then Colin and my mom, everybody was playing the big joke on me of when it would actually happen. So I actually set a venue tour. Uh, I guess it would be three days before I actually got engaged because in my head, I thought it was happening the week before we actually went on the venue tour. So I thought we'd be going on it engaged, but we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But that's totally fine. But yes, I planned it start to finish. I actually uh, used a company local out of Dallas um, as our month of wedding planner, um, just because I wanted the girls that I worked with uh, up in Oklahoma to be a part of the wedding and like get to enjoy that because as a wedding planner, it's hardly ever uh, comes a chance for you to get to enjoy a wedding and be a guest and actually sit down and eat dinner and enjoy the dance floor. Yeah. So that's a big reason as to why I hired a month of a uh, planner out of Dallas and just knowing the industry a little bit better here locally. Yeah. Um, Although with the company I was with, we traveled and did all the things, but again, wanted them to enjoy it. So, yeah, sorry about that. So you didn't really get to enjoy Lacey's because you were busy running around working and doing all that stuff for us, which was so special to us to have you doing that. But what was different because you got married really at the height of still um, COVID closures in terms of limitations. And I know some of that is open back up. I think they went maybe to 75% right after your wedding or close thereof. What were some things that were different because of COVID for your wedding than say, you know, what might be happening now or even before, before we had all the restrictions? Yeah, absolutely. So before COVID even hit, obviously people were having a ball. Like I assisted on a wedding of 500 guests, which is crazy to even think about, but it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, and so much fun. But uh, with my wedding, um, we actually were in Colorado taking engagement pictures a year ago uh, on the 14th. So coming up in a couple days. And that's when the whole world decided to shut down. Yeah. So in between sending out our save the dates uh, and sending out our invitations is when our venue, the Emerson out in Kaufman, uh, decided to follow CDC guidelines, which they're not the only venue that did. Every venue did. Uh, and every venue has a different regulations since they're all in different counties. But uh, they cut their guest count down to 50% capacity. So in between sending out the save the dates and the invitations, I created a private Facebook group, which I never saw that done before um, COVID happened. But mm-hmm. Wanted that to be an outlet for those who I couldn't send invites to, uh, just as we were keeping it close family and our friends uh, within the wedding party and their dates. So wanted to create a private Facebook group as an outlet for our guests that weren't able to come or that decided not to come. Uh, And we we live streamed our wedding in that private Facebook group for those people. And it's actually so fun because I been able to save that video and I've watched the whole 30 minutes of start to finish of our ceremony and like getting to see that on a different side of things is kind of cool even though yeah. we had a videographer and everything and 
I mean, now with COVID restrictions being kind of lightened and uh, some restrictions being like the mask mandate not really being a thing in Texas or for some, uh, I guess, places, uh, the Emerson has actually gone back to 100% capacity as of today, <laughs> which is so exciting for them and for all the couples getting married there. So right, just well, makes it a little less hectic. <laughs> And I think that that will be one thing that will be good, at least for the wedding industry and for brides that came out of COVID is just that, like you said, you hadn't really seen the Facebook thing before. Um, and I know going into Lacey's wedding, I kept telling her, you know, maybe we want to think about doing that for people that don't get to come because, you know, sometimes you have elderly grandparents that can't come or you've got family that lives too far that can't come. Um, and at first they really weren't thinking about it. And then, um, Got closer to it, and one of her friends was like, hey, I'd love to set up your phone. And so Lacey set up a Facebook group, and he not only, which to our surprise, I didn't know he was doing this, but he ended up recording the ceremony, um, the first dance um, with her and her husband, and then with Reggie, her daddy, and then um, got the part of the, I don't remember part of the dance party, but maybe, I guess, the arrival when everybody came in. What do you call that? Uh, The, oh. Goodness, on the spot. Sorry. Uh, No, the grand entrance into reception. Okay, so the grand entrance since everybody came in, which was super fun, and then their exit. So that was great. And I think that's something that's really cool is to Mm -hmm. have that for those people that don't get to come. And plus, you've like you said, you've got the video there that you can go back and watch whatever because neither one of our girls did videographers. Um, Mm -hmm. We told them that they could, but they both were like, you know, didn't really care, which was good because I know it's so expensive. Um. And we were like, if that's something that you want to do, y'all might have to take care of that yourself. And so we didn't end up doing videographer. So having that as a option, having some videos um, in the background that we could go back and look at later was great. Um, mm-hmm. So is there anything else you think maybe from those restrictions or during that COVID period that might stay? Um, I'm not sure. I feel like it's a lot of vendors have just figured out to roll with the punches and have found ways to work around um, making seating charts to fit 200 people in a venue and be socially distanced. Like it's crazy that that could happen, but there are venues that are um, big enough that are, or have an outdoor space for you to utilize in that aspect. Um, Which I mean, with our venue, we're planning on already having an outdoor ceremony eating inside and moving, dancing outside, um, which kind of favored the whole COVID thing because uh, our venue kind of, they didn't push us to do anything outside, but they did like strongly suggest or recommend it to be outside if it could. Yeah. Uh, Just in the light of things, like you don't want to be the one responsible for anything happening. Um with COVID. So. Yeah. And I will, no, I agree hundred percent. That was probably Reggie's biggest thing going into the wedding was we had invited close to 350 people. And mm-hmm. with, with Lacey um, getting married at the church that she worked and knew how to, uh, you know, a thousand seat capacity, I think was roughly what it was. Even if at the time Texas had moved back to 25%, we were still good at 250. So we had, uh, I think we served just over 230 something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a big enough space where we could spread people out um, 
and so it was really worked out perfect. But we, I feel like we were pretty blessed in the fact that most people within the last year that got married either rescheduled or got married maybe with a limited number of people that were there, didn't really get to have everybody that they wanted to be there. So um, even in spite of the week that we had that week um, going into it, which we'll talk about, um, I feel pretty blessed that we were able to do that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So if you guys, if anybody lives in Texas or you know that week that my daughter got married um, in February, she got married on February 20th, was the week that we had this huge snowstorm in Texas. Um, And I will say it was pretty nerve wracking for the week. Your mother could attest. I'm sure I whined to her a ton. Um, And, you know, my husband and I had different difference of opinion on going into things because he was very much, oh, I think we should postpone. And I was like, don't say anything to Lacey, you know, um, because I really felt we were watching the weather and what it was going to be like. But, um, I mean, you live here. You know what it was like. Were you nervous Mm -hmm. at all going into it knowing the number of vendors that were coming and the types of things that we were doing and how many guests that we had because of just Dallas was shut down and so many people didn't have electricity. Um, were you nervous at all about it and just didn't say anything? No, I mean, there were like aspects. I mean, we, the catering company didn't even have electricity and they were worried about the pipes. Uh, so that kind of made me a little nervous, but overall it's more nerve wracking when the, um, like parents have different opinions and, you know, like bride and groom just want to be married and enjoy like that day together. Yeah. Um, and finally actually being able to call each other husband and wife. Yeah. Uh, For sure. And you, and you want that to happen. So overall, how many people can say they got married during COVID and for Lacey saying that she also got married right after a snowstorm. Yeah. So, and like the weather perfectly cleared up for that day. It yeah. was amazing. And I had so many people that were vendors. Several of the vendors were like, yeah, we've had so many weddings that were scheduled for that week that pushed out and rescheduled. And so I was thankful for, even though I was probably a little iffy about it, um, that your mom was so great with me to just like, no, don't, don't even. And so we just didn't really go there. And I made sure that we finally had, you know, a plan of a backup plan, basically. Like if all else fails, if nobody has electricity, because personally in our own home, we didn't have electricity for four days. We had a pipe burst. The church had a pipe burst. The caterer had a pipe burst, didn't have electricity all week. Um, We had no water. Our house, it was about 49 degrees the majority of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, even the flo- the florist, um, when they got their stuff, some of the stuff didn't come in. Some of it was frozen. Um, but we we managed to figure it out. We ended up going um, and calling some backup caterers that we had that had agreed. Just let me know by Friday at one o'clock if something happens and your restaurant can't do it. But all in all, aside from going into the wedding exhausted because we hadn't slept, we were cold. I had no clean underwear. Um, because we couldn't use the water. I think Reggie and I were like, I think we were both dehydrated because we were trying not to drink because that meant we had to go to the bathroom. We couldn't flush a toilet and we had no clothes, right? We had no, no clean clothes and to drink anything would have had to have been cold, which made us more cold because we couldn't heat anything up. So anyway, it turned out beautiful. You were amazing. The vendors were great. Um, Anyway, so let's talk about for those moms that might have a child fixing to get married or maybe they're getting married um, themselves. 
explain a little bit of the differences between a wedding coordinator, wedding planner, a day of, a month of, because I know there's a lot of different terms. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't really believe in a day of, um, and a lot of planners can attest to that because there's not one person that can walk in on the day of not speaking to any of your vendors, not really speaking with bride, with the groom, with the family, um, and just pull the day off with nothing crinkled in between. Right. Um, so obviously a lot of companies offer as a lower, as the lowest service month of, which for me working, it was as soon as you hired me, I got in touch with all your vendors um, regardless of if that was the month that you were getting married in, it was, it started when you hired me. Um, and then the month of is the month I spent planning, creating the timeline. Um, I mean, t- touching base with all of those vendors to be sure, Hey, this is when you're arriving. Hey, this is what you're bringing. This is when you're leaving yada, yada, yada. And it's a lot of planning in between. So month of ultimately is, um, I think, like the best if that's the what you can fit into your budget. Um, and then there's always the step up of partial planning. So it's half the time you spend, like if you have a long engagement or a short engagement, if you're engaged for six months, three months of those would be spent specifically planning and doing all the things that would need to be done for your wedding. Or there's always the full planner as if that was taking your payments to your vendors, all of that. Um, but again, if kind of kind depends on your budget, whether or not you're wanting somebody to start at the beginning and handle the whole thing, or, you know, in our case, we had a lot of the, we had everything secured. Um, but having, as being the mom of a bride, having done this twice, we had somebody when Amanda got married um, several years ago that I wish one thing we would have done would have been checked a few references. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of issues there that I really don't, you know, I would have done different. Um, but I think if you can fit it in your budget somewhere, I think a month of at least is the way to go. And I would hundred percent agree. You, I don't think you can have a day of, and somebody walk in blind, basically, and not right. have any frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Um, you've not met anybody. You haven't had conversations, and you're just kind of out of the loop. So, if you had somebody come to you and you're like, "Okay, where do you where do you start with a bride when you first start about start talking about the game plan and the like? What are some of those top things that you do first? Uh, I typically talk like, "What are your top priorities or wants for your wedding?" Um, just because that kind of ultimately brings in what is your ultimate budget. Um, so like top priorities, I don't know. I had a lot of them. That's bad. Uh, for my wedding, it was definitely, um, the venue, hair and makeup and photographer. One, I cannot do my hair and makeup to save my life. (laughs) So that needed to be done. And I was absolutely obsessed with the Emerson, um, out in Kaufman again, they remodeled this old, I think it was like built in the 18, 
late 1980s. I might be wrong on that. I wish I knew exactly. But the women who went in and absolutely made that place what it is now and have created such a big business through that. Uh, And they are strong believers in Christ. So just seeing that business come and how they do their business, I guess. Yeah. It's just so cool. But so venue, hair, makeup with Tease to Please and my photographer, Jenna Gordon, were my top priorities and or wants. Uh, definitely following with like the florists because I love all the floral. Um, so like all the things, people always have different opinions. Like a venue might not be that big of a want or a priority to somebody. Whereas food and beverages might be like number one. Um, I'm sure photographers always on the top three, (laughs) but that's where I typically start because it ultimately brings in that conversation of what is your budget? What do you want to spend on the wedding? What are you okay with spending if we were to go over if something were to happen? Because sometimes you end up saying an hour later, like at our wedding, the fire marshal left. So the fireworks couldn't go off at nine. And we ended up, I think he came back at around 9.30 or 9.45. But my DJ, I had paid him for that amount of time to be there. And I told him that I'd send him more money because we didn't know when this fire marshal was coming back because he just left and didn't tell anybody. Which, how cool is that to say you had fireworks at your wedding? Which I hated not getting to be there because of stupid COVID. But it was, you know, the Facebook part of it, being able to watch. And, you know, your mom called me as soon as she got in the car. She's like, I'm in the car. We're loaded. We're done, you know, and getting to hear about it. But to be able to say you had fireworks at your wedding, first of all, is just kind of cool. But, um, so I can see that you're basically, whatever your priorities are, are really going to drive your budgets because those are the things that are going to be the most important to you and then whatever's left in your budget in terms of um, what else you want um, kind of fits in. So I know when Amanda got married, because cost is such a big deal, obviously Mm -hmm. to the parents more so than the couple getting married probably depends on if they're paying for any of it or not. But um, when Amanda got married and I just started doing a little research on calculators, I didn't even realize there were wedding calculators out there. Mm But just putting in, you know, it allowed you to put in your zip code and then fill out basic questions of, do you want a DJ? Do you want alcohol? Do you want a sit down dinner? Um, Do you want a cake? Do you, are you going to tip all of these people? Just all the questions. And then it basically gave you, this is what you're going to run basically based on your zip code. Right. I was shocked. Um, (sighs) For our zip code in North Dallas, where we live, and this was almost six years ago, the average wedding was like $45,000. And one of the most expensive places in the country that I saw was Manhattan, which I think was just under 90 grand, Mm. Um, which just to me seems ludicrous. But um, talk a little bit about the money side, because I know once you kind of narrow down, these are the main important things. The very first thing that you generally do is secure all of those main things. So cake, flowers, venue, photographer, and all that, because you need the date secured. And then you have the initial deposit. But kind of talk about the money side of, because I know for us, with our first wedding, I was surprised at, even though you're like a six-month engagement, everything has to be paid in four months. 
because you have to have it paid a couple of months in advance. Now, mm-hmm. it's, it's changed a little with COVID, at least our experience was, but talk a little bit about the deposit versus the balances and how all the contract stuff kind of works. So every business owner gets to create that on their own, typically, um, or I guess in my experience, that's been done. So the initial deposit is what secures your date. And if you don't pay that, that date is not secured. So you got to pay it (laughs) if that's the vendor you want to go with. And it is 100% okay to go meet with multiple wedding planners, multiple photographers, multiple florists to see who best fits you in your ultimate vision for what you're wanting for your wedding. Um, I definitely pay your initial deposit if that's who you want for your date. Um, And then typically there's like one, some people, and I can't speak for everybody because everybody can create this on their own, um, will create like there could be a payment plan or they split your payments into two or three different payments within um, your time between paying your initial deposit, which typically in my past experience has gone towards your final balance. Um, and so, and typically that last payment would be one that is closest to your wedding date, maybe two weeks to one month out, just as things are finalized, numbers are being finalized for your guest count, for your food, for your guests. Uh, and those are going out to those vendors. So that's typically, I mean, just in my experience, that's how that's worked for us. Yeah. Um, but without paying your initial deposit, you're not securing that vendor with that date. Yeah. So that's my biggest, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pull the trigger. Yeah. I think with, um, with I, I like that about, you know, not being afraid to talk to multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least in my experience, if you talk more to more than three, it's a little overkill. If you get good, three good solid bids, three good solid people that you've talked to and you have a good feel for it and you've got recommendations, you've talked to people that have used them, gotten their um, perspective on how their event went, that that's super important. Um, yes. I know when Amanda got married, the the deposit was due right away and then everything had to be paid for a solid two months in advance, barring the food, because that you could do within two or three days based on your numbers. And we used a, mm-hmm. a larger restaurant here in town. So that wasn't a big deal with um, when Lace got married. Some of that had changed because of COVID. And what I heard from a couple of vendors was where they normally would have had everything paid a couple of months in advance because so many people were having to cancel and change because it was such a fluid environment Um, because regulations were changing and, you know, counties were saying, well, we can't do this. or the governor was saying we can't do this. And, um, you know, you had so many different uh, guidelines to follow that most vendors started going, you know what, we don't want it all up front because everybody wanted their money back. Mm-hmm. Um, on something that never happened. And so they kind of changed their contracts a little bit. So contracts were a big deal. Keeping track of dates and when things were due was a big deal. Um, but what is something, you mentioned the timeline. Um, how firm do you like to have that timeline um, laid out? And when you say timeline, you know, kind of lay out what you mean. If you're meaning the day of timeline, does that mean the month of timeline? Kind of explain that a little bit. It's 
So the timeline that I would create is the timeline for the wedding day, even if that, and it has rehearsal included if you are doing a rehearsal the day before. Um, And then if anything is being picked up, what time we need to be out of the venue, it goes start to finish from time I'm hanging out with bride and groom, either if that's the night before or the day of or vice versa. But um, that timeline will have every vendor built into it of when they're arriving, how long they'll be at the venue setting up their specific thing, like how long the florist would be there um, and what time she would need all florals to be done. That's typically just to give everybody an eyeball of timing. And then it has a lot of the photographer's timeline built in as well. Um, just as, as soon as photos start, it's like they never end, which mm-hmm. is great because you get so many pictures to remember and to look back on on the best day of your life because yeah. you got to marry your person. Um, so that timeline will literally go from rehearsal, let's say it's the night before, through having to leave the venue with every vendor included with every timeline that's needed. Like typically it's a photographer, maybe videographer that build in a timeline, but it's with the wedding planner, the help she, she or he communicates with the vendors that need to come like hair and makeup beforehand, what time they would need to be finished in order for pictures to start to get all the pictures they would need by the end of the night. Right. Right. Um, and ha- go, go ahead. ahead. Oh. No, I was going to say having <sighs> that timeline and having somebody else in charge of it um, and knowing when was, when everything is happening and what time and Hey, now you're supposed to do this. Now you're supposed to do this and meeting with the vendors um, and having their phone numbers and contacts so that you're not, you know, as the, as the family or the bride, um, getting texts or people trying to get a hold of you say, Oh, somebody's at the door trying to get in. You know, you've got somebody else that's handling all that was just super, super crucial so that you can kind of take care of your baby and make sure everything's going on in, in enjoying the actual wedding process and not the wedding details. Cause at that point, the details are kind of out of your head. You've got somebody else handling. So, right. If anybody wants to have a wedding planner, I'm all about it. So yes, they're there to take the stress off of your shoulders and for you to enjoy your day with your daughter. Because I mean, my mom, just her biggest piece of advice, because I asked both her and my dad kind of what, if they could give any advice now that I, as their only daughter could give, my mom said to remember times have changed and that you are planning your daughter's wedding, not your own. Be the person she needs you to be. Don't be her planner. Um, and I, I guess through that, because I was and am a wedding planner, it was kind of easy for my mom to take a step back because she knew I knew what I was doing. Right. And when I said, hey, mom, like, let's run Hobby Lobby and check this out. Or, hey, mom, let's go look for wedding dresses. She was all about it and so ready to jump on board with that. And I think that also helped in minimizing the headbutt, which I've seen so much of. And it's, I've seen relationships torn apart through planning a wedding between mother and daughter. 
especially those who are like built-in best friends, uh, which I've seen with both of <laughs> you. Are you talking about daughters. me and Lacey? <laughs> No, no, but- no. I would 100% agree because it's part of the reason and Lace would attest to this. It, it was hard with us at first. There were times when we we butted heads because we're very similar in personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super detailed. Um, yes. and I, <laughs> and I like to look at, you know, the potential holes and what could happen. So let's make sure we've got that covered in case it does. We've already thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I get stuck there and I want to know that the multiple questions um, get annoying. And so it's fine. You can laugh. Um, it gets annoying. And so we did have times where we would butt heads over something. And and I was like, you know what? We're done. This is not worth the damage that it could do to our relationship. If that, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it was horrible, but, it, but it was, it was difficult at times to have conversations. And I'm like, it's not worth it. It's right. just not worth the relationship, um, those difficult conversations, if it doesn't need to be, if you can get somebody else that can handle it. Yeah. Um, so I would hundred percent agree with that. Um, tell me something that you think people tend to leave out of the budget or forget about not even uh, the budget, but just something in general that you think people, people within the wedding planning, like the family tend to go, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Anything last minute. Um, I mean, that could be anything. Um, we did a lot of sentimental things to us as a couple and to our families. Uh, so a lot of it had already been done. Like I had made call in a scrapbook for our one year, uh, with a letter of how the engagement happened on, from my point of view. And then I had him write his point of view and the speeding ticket that he got on his way to propose was included in all of that scrapbook, but we had that out, um, which is at our wedding, we did a lot of seating because our venue has a rental company uh, on site. And with the package I chose at the venue, I was able to kind of shop the rental company. And what I really like uh, and what's a big trend now is utilizing furniture to create spaces for your guests to sit and enjoy and be able to be a part of the dance floor, but not necessarily dancing. So I had two of those outside with those were decorated outside, but inside is where we had that scrapbook. Uh, We had a couple, both of our grandpas uh, are out at the DFW national cemetery and we did a crown rubbing of both of their, I wouldn't even know what it would be called, like their memorial. It's not a headstone, but that we did that to put in a frame for the memorial table because personally for me, I don't like looking p- at pictures because it just brings back those memories. But also it, I think it looks like a shrine, which is so bad, but that's just what I think of. And that's sure. not what you're there for. You're there for the wedding of two people like committing to a lifetime of loving each other uh, in front of not only God, but all of their guests as well. Um, But kind of implementing those moments that are special to both you and the groom are things that people tend to forget, like pictures of you yourselves. um, 
And then he like, if you're doing table numbers in a seating chart, typically gets left out. And also the last big thing that people always forget, which I try to remind people from the get-go and through the middle of planning is gratuity. You yes. want to tip your vendors because they're there providing a full day of service to you. And uh, I mean, like they're going above and beyond for you and they aren't only doing it for you, which they're going to make you feel like they're only doing it for you. But like, I guess at Lacey's wedding, the florist went straight to another wedding to decorate. And y'all probably didn't even know that until later. But it just goes to show like your vendors are going to make you feel like you're the only person in the world because it is your big day. Right. And they want you to see and feel the magic of your wedding day. So right. no, tipping I would is agree. a big thing. <laughs> tipping is a big thing. And, you know, your DJs and people that, and I will say for, for us, this was the first wedding ever at this church. Yeah. Um, so I know the trend has been a lot of um, venues for the last few years, obviously, mm-hmm. even, you know, more so than when I got married, we got married at our church. Um, and Lacey and Dylan really wanted to get married in their home church. She works there. Her church family's there. Her boss married them. I mean, it was just super special because she wanted that environment with her church family, um, right. which I thought was awesome because, there were so many people we didn't know, you know, Reggie and I didn't know because they were all people that were important to her and her life at her church. And then we had our family there and stuff also. But um, being at a church, this was the first time they'd ever had a wedding there. So which in one respect, it was great because we could do whatever we wanted. Um, They told us, whatever, we're excited to get to try something for the first time. So um, absolutely. That opened up a lot of doors um, to be able to do what we wanted. But yeah, to think of the people that were DJs and helping with the lights and um, the cleaning crew that was going to be there um, and all the other people that were helping. Um, So yeah, I would agree that that's definitely something that can be forgotten. Um, And I will say, even though I didn't, you know, wasn't um, at yours, I know a lot of the things and saw your pictures and a lot of the things that was... um, that was incorporated into your wedding, but I loved your three kisses. So your little, you know, you did have some memorable things, some things that was a special thing with you and your grandfather and some little ways to kind of bring them into it. Like you said, maybe it wasn't a picture, but it was a rubbing of his, was it his name? Yeah. It's like they're, cause they're both in a column at the DFW national cemetery. Right. Um, so it's like, their name with their ranking from the like the armed forces that they served with. Um, and like for my papa, it was, um, I can't even remember. Oh, a Bible verse is what's written underneath his. And then okay. for Colin's grandpa, it's um, like a loving father, a loving dad, a loving grandfather, all of these things. So it was super memorable to have those there just for people to know how special like those two men were to us um and then also i had papa's shirt sewn into my dress i did remember that yeah so i always like mention that to people who i know who were super close with their grandparents if they've lost them like that's one big way to have them there with you not I mean, they already have the best seat in the house. They're getting to watch right. uh, from heaven and like with Jesus and everything. 
but having a part like Papa's shirt that I knew he wore on my dress, he was there walking down the aisle with me too, is the way I look at it. And Mamie even had a cool story that she told me later on. My dad walked her out to the car at the end of the night um, because my mom was on the dance floor with me and my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my dad walked Mamie out to the car and he mentioned to her, he's like, man, Mamie, I really wish Jim had been here tonight. And she said, Kevin, he was, he was, his, a part of his shirt was in Logan's dress. He, he was right there with her all night. Mm-hmm. And, and I love, I love that. Yes. It just like makes me so teary eyed, but that's a big thing that I do mention to people who have lost somebody that was a big part of their lives is find something of theirs that you can hold or have a part of you for that day. Yeah. No, I think that's great because that helps you feel like even though you know they're watching, that it's something that you can have to feel like they're maybe their physical presence in a way that you wouldn't be able to. I know um, my son-in-law's mom, if I get this right, Ty, I'm not sure if I am, but she had a like a pocket square made mm-hmm. um, for my son-in-law that was made out of some sort of clothing from um, some grandparents that had passed away. Um, so that was super special to him to have that. That was something that she had made. So I like that um, idea of tying something in that's memorable. Cause you know, you can, you can look at all the specifics and the things that you want to have happen, but those, those memorable things I think are just kind of what helps make it even more special than just, you know, there's going to be food, right? And it's yes. food's important and you want all that. But um, so what's something that you feel like um, one piece of advice, if you were about to talk to somebody that you, that you knew that was getting ready to plan a wedding, what would be really like your one piece of advice to them before they go into the process? Um, the wedding day is only one day. Your marriage is the rest of your life. So, remember that going into wedding planning um, to keep God at the forefront of the preparation of your marriage. Uh, We did merge through Watermark, which Lacey and Dylan actually did that the same time we did. We were just in different groups. Right. Um, But I would highly suggest that that helped Colin and I kind of refocus each week on ourselves, our marriage um, and just preparing ourselves for the commitment we we're making that we we're ready to make. But seeing that through a godly perspective and speaking with other people who are walking in the same journey as us in the same season, um, other than talking with both of our parents who his parents are celebrating 30 years in July and my parents are celebrating 29 years in July And they're like two days apart and a year and two days apart. Wow. So it's super cool. But um, I mean, just be in season with other people that are in the season that you're also walking in. But use that as a leverage to talk with people who who are walking in, who've walked that season, who've been engaged, who are married, who can give you godly advice into that. But always always remember that your wedding day is one day and yes, it's a big day, but your marriage is what's going to last a lifetime. 
Oh, you are wise beyond your years, ma'am. That's beautiful. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Because you can get stuck in the details of wanting it to be, you know, the day itself um, perfect and try to come off without a hitch. And, you know, I think um, just allowing to leave for um, wiggle room, knowing that at the end of the day, you're still going to have a married couple um, that's going to be starting their life together. And regardless of what happens or how it happens or things that are planned or whatever, that remembering the main thing. And I love, um, you know, Lacey's ceremony with their pastor was so gospel centered and focused on, you know, they're making a lifelong commitment and a covenant before the Lord, um, that that's the main thing and what they do, um, after they walk out of those doors and who they surround them with and the couples, like you said, it's so, so important to be around, um, you know, couples that you can mentor and people you can pour back into based on your own experiences and then putting yourself around people that um, are like-minded, have the same faith, can have walked the road ahead of you, um, mm-hmm. can share the things that they've experienced. Um so do you think you'll ever get back into the wedding coordinating role again at some point? I mean, cause I know you love events and this isn't to say that, you know, anything about where you are currently or whatever, but you're good at it. And do you see yourself ever going back into that? I mean, you could buy your own place someday and own your own venue, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I love connecting with people. But I don't necessarily know that it's through wedding planning or event planning. Yes, I love doing it for friends and for my family members. Um, But the stress (laughs) that comes along with that, um, I mean. And the blisters from wearing the wrong pair of shoes. Yes, I was barefoot before Lacey even walked through the doors for the (laughs) ceremony. It's so embarrassing. I don't like myself. No, for that one, hey, but. it's fine because she almost forgot her veil. We were hey. like, we were standing there, and I was like, "Where is Lacey?" And then she comes run around the corner that she completely forgotten her veil. So yeah, yeah. Well, that is an important piece when <laughs> when you've got when you've paid for it. But yeah, exactly, just the I don't. Yeah, I don't think that I'll ever fully go back to wedding planning as a full time gig. Yeah. Because just the relationships I created through that are the relationships that I want and would love to keep. So, yeah. Well, and you can take those, you know, the thing that I think that um, I hear a lot in the different people that I talk to, and just especially maybe when you get my age, is that you see that God takes each step that you've done each thing that you've learned from job to job, experience, experience, and builds on it. So the things that you've learned through wedding planning, um, now being married are things that you can build on that he will use somewhere else down the road, regardless of what it is, whether you ever get into that or not. You Absolutely. Know? Well, you were a wealth of information. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with all these mamas. Yes. Um, and thank you for helping, uh, place, make it down the aisle and just taking care of our family and everything that you did. Cause it was just such a huge blessing to us. So thank you so much, hun. Yes, absolutely. It was an honor to be that for you guys for Lacey's big day. And it's kind of full circle because <laughs> Reed and date grew up playing baseball and Lacey and I were just the baseball sisters. <laughs> right. I mean, it just, I feel like it was 
Amanda was already at college when we actually started going to all games because Lacey had stopped gymnastics. I actually chilled out on soccer. So mm-hmm. we we're always at games. So it just became baseball sisters. And then I was walking, I was throwing her down the aisle. And I know, her dress. I know it is sweet how God takes those things. So it's fun as a mama to get to see everybody um, grow up and just how God matures them and uses them in each other's lives. And so anyway, thank you so much for being on. Um, thanks guys for listening. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Hey, y'all, I can't thank you enough for listening and want you to know that you have all been prayed for, for real. If you liked what you heard or it touched your heart in any way, I would so love for you to leave a great review on iTunes. But more than that, just share this with other moms that you know that might get something out of it. You can find more information about each of the episodes in the show notes, as well as our links to Instagram and the website at drivethroughmoms.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.